So welcome back to the Pie Geeks podcast. This is with Stuart Collins and Glenn Sharp. And today we are going to be doing a podcast on the international scale of OSSoft. In fact, we're going to be doing not just one podcast in this series. We're going to be doing three. That's right, three shows. And we're going to start with localization, and we're going to move on to building offices in foreign countries, and then the final step, transferring our product knowledge abroad. That's right. And Glenn, I, the, the thing I'd like you to imagine with this, or any listeners, think about your favorite software, or think about software that you need to use all the time. Like, if you're into Microsoft Office, then Excel. What if Excel was only in Spanish? Well, That's mind-blowing. It's yeah. like, well, you'd still use it because it does what you need to do, and maybe nothing else does that, but, I mean, it's in Spanish, and, well, that'd be kind of annoying if you were an, only an English speaker, but you'd do it anyway. True. So... That's what a lot of our international customers had for a while. It was like there's English software out there that worked really well and did what it needed to do, but it was, it was in English. And OSSoft has embarked on a, on a campaign of making our software internationally understood, translating to many different languages, and having presences in offices all over the globe. And out of that, we've been able to build an international product that we got an award for. Ooh, e-commerce award. That's right. The president. Mm-hmm. Gave OSI Soft an e-commerce award for exporting. Did Pat Kennedy get a shake? The president's hand? Or is it just a president? He did award? fly to Washington D.C. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and arrogantly assume that Pat Kennedy did meet Barack Obama. Yeah. Although that could definitely be false. Let's let's at least imagine <laughs> in our mind Pat Kennedy shaking. Thank you for your exports. Yeah. Thank you, Barack. Definitely, okay. definitely. I love it. And Barack was lucky for that. It's true. It was yeah. it was a fortunate meeting for both of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. So, yeah, we have with us today uh, Bing Hong, who's the Director of Localization and Internationalization at OSIsoft, and there's really no one better to talk to about how we deliver localized content to our offices outside of the United States. Yeah. So, welcome, Bing. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me over here. No so, you just mentioned that uh, President's E Award. That's yeah. a really, really a big recognition to all our effort. And just a comment for whether uh, Dr. Kennedy had mm-hmm. a chance to shake hands with uh, President Obama. Yeah. The bad news is no. Oh, I yeah. was wrong. <laughs> he was too busy that day to meet, uh, to, to attend the ceremony. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that the ceremony was, uh, occurred in the White House. Okay. They normally happen in the uh, Department of Commerce uh, building. But okay. this time, this year, I think it's 50 years of the award, so they want to make it special. So they make it happen in the White House. Awesome. So that's good news. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. OSS off in the White House. That's right. That is great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the inside scoop on that. Yeah. Now, and, and talking about localization, uh, localization refers to making something make sense locally, so in different locales across the globe. Is that That's where right. that word comes from, localization? Yes. Okay. So localization means then that you have something that's taking care of the an individual, a customer's language and uh-huh. culture. That, and there's a mm. cultural perspective and there's a language perspective. Okay. The example you gave earlier, like Excel, right? So when you open that and you see the manuals, pull down manual and all mm-hmm. that error messages, help files, these are uh, related to languages they speak. But there's a cultural perspective, like a daytime format, currency, sure. and even for thousand, uh, the number thousand separator, and the oh, decimal yeah. point, these are all different. Mm-hmm. A comma in the US is a thousand separate, but in some other countries, the period is the 
It's the decimal place. Yeah, decimal. Yeah. So 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 it can all be uh, different reversed, mm -hmm. right? Uh -huh. So for OSSOF, I joined OSSOF in two thousand six, and okay. that's where we started to look into uh, localization effort. And was that specifically what they they were like? You know, being you have qualifications for localization internationalization, and they knew they wanted to start this department, or were you hired for something else, and then you moved into? I was hired for the purpose. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Before all that stuff, I spent ten years in uh, some microsystems. Oh, okay. Okay. So I did uh, internationalization effort for Solaris. Okay. Okay. Great. And then we localized that for multiple languages. So OSS of hire me because I have the background. Wow. Right. And was then, it was it kind of like having a fun adventure, like starting anew with like a product that had a lot of localization to do? Whereas yes. back to the sun, it was it was already you were it was already a lot of localization that was done. You were kind of expanding right. and maintaining it. Uh, at the time, Sun uh, they they support if you're familiar, there's a extended unique uh, Unix environment that they support the eight bit languages, mm -hmm. and, but not really what we call a co-set independent, like Japanese and Chyneys, they have they have double byte and the first byte can be all at contains zeros. So okay. if you're in technical, you know that means the end of the file when you pass the, the strings. So come over here, uh, over there of course it's a very different environment. There's a big company, the the, the high time they have 50,000 employees. And over here we have a lot of products, but we're a relatively small company. Yeah. And the process wise, that's all different. Of course, that's challenging. To say you have an opportunity to come here to make a difference. Mm -hmm. That's why I took this job, right? Great. So you can come here, bring the best practice in the industry, and bring that experience I accumulated in my previous job, and join the company, start that long journey of yeah. our effort. <laughs> so I, I would say uh, it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. Um, we started with the client products because that's now, the most. When you say we started, like before you came on in two thousand six, where were we at? At the time, there was some effort. I I, I should say that some effort started for localization. Okay. But the effort, I would say, is more like a coming from the in-house. It was like and the developers developing something, stuff. and I, I can give you one example. When I joined, there were five versions of process books, and they customized each one. They the source code itself is the same cross board. The functionality is the same. But they take the resource file and compile one for Japanese process book. And then they compile another big block, another one for Korean. Oh, and wow. they take another one to compile for French. And the problem we occurred at the time is, uh, you know, the you code sets, the code points are all different. Mm -hmm. And some code set, uh, code points may represent different characters in different languages. So when you compile that, the problem occurred. You still crash the system or the, uh, the character will not display. So there's some problems. And when I join, it's like, we really want to do this, but we're not able to release the product as like our customer expected to have. So what do we do? That's the, that, that's the problem I inherited uh, okay. from there. Wow. Right. They came in with kind of, or you came in and they had a kind of working solution, but there was real problems with it. They had, when yeah. they had, they were yeah. comfortable yeah. giving to customers. Yeah. I think that says enough. We were not able so. to really release on the, yeah. at the time that we would like to have, and mm -hmm. we spent a lot of engineering effort, testing effort, trying to figure out what the problem, to solve those problems. Right. Yeah. So okay. you came up with a different way to localize material other than altering the source code. Yeah. So when I came in and I introduced to the company the 
best practice we have in industry is that to internationalize your software, which means make the software localizable. There's no uh, assumption built in in the source code. Like it's a one byte or two bytes, what the code set is, or oh, wow. right. So there's a framework that you have to enable mm-hmm. in the software. It's either process book or data link. You have to make that in framework in place. So you change the way that we code software so that we can easily convert. We can convert. Yeah. So the the idea is that you internationalize your soft uh, software, make uh, make it localizable. Then you compile the software. That's uh, then you don't touch it when you add a new language. Instead of taking some sort, okay. translate your source code, compile a new version. You separate those two, and mm-hmm. then that's what. In fact, that's what Microsoft does as well. Okay. You introduce MUI language pack, right. which is a multilingual uh, language pack. Right. So that's separate. That can app on top of your software to run. The beauty is that then. You don't have dependency. You don't have to really include all that in your uh, software development effort. But localization team take it over when the software is done. They send the English resources file and documentation to localization. And then we handle the translation. Then we build the new language pack. We release the language pack within ninety days after English product okay. is released. Right, because we had the process book released recently, and now yeah, so is the the MUI is out. MUI, yeah. yeah. So 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 MUI language pack, and you take that. If you uh, would like to have one of the eight languages that we support, you you just install this setup kit for MUI mm-hmm. language pack. One English product run on the localized operating system. Functionality should be there. It shouldn't crash. It shouldn't. Break. So where a localized operating system is like a Russian. Russian Which operating system, OS or Japanese OS. Mm-hmm. And that means even you don't translate our own messages, the software has to run. Yep. No breaking. That's the bottom line without anything. The second scenario we introduce is that to have a localized product run on a localized uh, operating system, like a Japanese uh, process book on Japanese operating system or Russian data link on Russian. So when I said Russian, I shouldn't say Russian data link. It's a data link with Russian yeah, support. Yeah. should be able to run on that. And the third scenario is the most difficult one, mm-hmm. which means you have you can switch languages on an English operating system. That's okay. what you asked earlier. We yeah. have a Unicode support. And it's only with Unicode support you can support multiple languages at the same time. It has to do with character support. Like with yeah. Unicode, you can encode characters from other languages right. that require more bits. That means that, uh, that we used to have a. Uh, separate code, uh, what we call code set for each language. Mm-hmm. Japanese has Japanese code set, and Chinese has a Jap- Chinese code set, and French has one, like ISO eighty five ninety one. So some of the code points may in conflict. The same value, you may represent different characters. Oh, so you okay. cannot you you cannot use them at the same time. And Unicode solved the problem. So what this says is like character number one two six. Mm-hmm. You mean this in Japanese and this in Russian. Exactly. And so, yeah. But we need one product where 126 is a unique character unique, from exactly. one particular language. That's right. Yeah. You got that. And oh, Unicode. So Unicode is the only code set at this point that, that meet that requirement. I see. Okay. Yeah. So and, wait, does it bring in like Japanese and Chinese characters in there too? Yes. Wow. And the challenge for that is they have a unique Han mechanism to incorporate that. They, they have 20,000 Chinese characters and there may be 15 
thousand, yeah. right? Awesome. So we cannot all fit in the together. Yeah. Unicode is a two byte, so it's two to the power of sixteen. You can calculate sixty five thousand characters mm-hmm. available. So the Unicode committee did do a very smart job to fit in the cram all scripts in the world into that code set. Wow. And that's what we support in uh, Process Book 3.3. Awesome. Got it. So 3.3, that's what I mean. It's a long journey. We, we started yeah. that study in 2006. We said we need to do this. And then there's one step by one step. We have to do set up certain things to reach the first one and then do the second one. And now, that's incredible. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's challenging, but it's very exciting because I feel it's a big accomplishment, not just for the acquisition team, but for right. the all engineers uh, department, for developers as well. Yeah. As you can see, there's a lot of work developers have to do, mm-hmm. right? Like process book, they have to change the source code to handle this Unicode uh, mm-hmm. support. In the process of changing the source code to Unicode, were other improvements made to process book? Like in, in because they had to because they had to go through everything in process book and adapt it to Unicode. Mm-hmm. Did that process result in them being like, oh, well, this section can be cleaned up otherwise, and they, they clean it up? Did, did you hear any reports? Uh, I cannot speak for the process book team, but I do believe that developers always take the opportunity to improve. If they encounter certain things and definitely be a good... I used to be a developer myself. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's a chance to improve, I will certainly do that. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Right? They happen to be there to localize it, but they ran into maybe some other issues. Yeah, but some other things. It's always, like, not, not just the acquisition support, but whenever you add new features, whenever do something, it's always you don't miss an opportunity to improve your, your source code. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So what it, that's what your big project did up till now, and Process Book is, is now supported that way, and it's very, very localized. You can yeah. just switch it between all the eight primary languages and support. That's right. It's... Um, What's going on now then for localization and internationalization? Okay. So the key is that when we started, we kind of have to handle some of the legacy applications we have, per se. But now, the uh, for now, OSSOFT has moved to the new direction. You mentioned cloud earlier, right. and you mentioned mobile devices we a, earlier. We did a previous podcast on Pi in the Cloud right. with Richard. So all these new projects we like to see is that upfront, we want to make sure the products are internationalized. Yep. That means the effort you put up front will save the future. You don't have to translate right now, but the framework has to be there. You right. just imagine you do something and then you, you, it's not internationalized. And then a couple of years from now, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we need to support local language. You go back to the code. It's like, oh, sorry. At the time when we code, we didn't think about that. And now we have to either, I hope, not redesign or to recode certain portion of the product. Mm. So our team's challenge is that we'd like to get involved in all this new project upfront okay. to work with the developers and give them guidelines and help them to figure out a, 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 an internationalization framework. Yeah, I think it'd be very easy for a, for somebody imagining as you're seeing it from the outside, like a listener would imagine localization is, oh, you know, mm-hmm. once a product is released, you go in and you... you type in the, the translated versions of all the menu options and mm-hmm. you translate the user manuals mm-hmm. and then you're done. Mm-hmm. But actually, no, now you're saying like you guys are involved in the early development process, right. like when the yeah. foundation is being dug out. Yes. I mean, when they're planning the foundation. Exactly. Yeah. And the challenge now is that we are moving to those new directions and there's new technology, new technology comes in. So it's different ways oh, to what, internationalize. What, what I mean is that uh, now for, for mobile, we are supporting iPad. 
take course at for oh, iPad, okay, right? right? And then there's a different platform we yeah. are supporting. We have never done that before. We used to do Windows, and now oh, so it's iOS. Not only do they need to learn how to code something we on have the, the iPad, you need to learn how to internationalize something. Yeah, right. IPad. And then yeah. all the products, they're all using different, and, and the good news is that more and more products now using .NET environment. Right. And .NET environment is more internationalization ready okay. than many other products. Some of the products are like still based on C++ or, or unmanaged code. So yeah. those require more effort to to do it. And the key is that now we have to build the DNA in development. When we develop a new product, keep the internet internationalization in mind. So from day one, if you do it right, you save you a lot of trouble down the road. And localization will kick in when the market is ready. And the new language pack approach I mentioned earlier make it relatively easy to add the new language without even touching the, the source code, you know. We already mm -hmm. separate them, right? So all we have to do is that, okay, now I'm supporting eight languages today. Tomorrow you have to do ten. I just translated the same English resource to two additional languages. And then okay. build the new language back contain ten instead of eight languages. Right. Now we are done. That's a much easier process. It's much easier yeah. and much uh, engineering efficient. Just imagine you don't have to go back to compile 10 versions of the same product. That so, sounds like... Yeah. yeah. And testing involved is like a <laughs> experiential. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exhausting just to think about trying to describe how exhausting that would be. Yeah. Right. So, so there's a question that I've been thinking about. I mean, you guys not only, from, from what I'm hearing, you have to be very involved in the development process yes. of new software. Yes. And also... I mean, how involved do your, the people that work for you have to be in languages? I mean, are you trying to find a high-level programmer who's also a PhD in linguistics? Or, I mean, <laughs> how many? there's got to be like eight of those in the world. Yeah, I uh, I wish, like, uh, I'm not sure that like, someone with a PhD degree in linguistics yeah. would really like to do this. Uh, I would say language, uh, you can speak a language other than English, is a Big, it's a big, big plus. plus, okay. And um, but it's not absolutely required to do this job. Okay, so right. it's more what's what's more important is knowing what types of um, platforms are localizable and international. You know which yes. ones you can internationalize yeah. easily. They have to know the process and okay. the technology, how to do do that. And we are a small team. Yeah. We. Uh, we oh no, I've a, heard stories about how, how much work you guys do. No, uh, we have uh, four engineers. Okay. And two part-time project managers. When I say part-time, it's because they're wearing multiple hats. They have uh, responsibilities other than just product okay. uh, localization. Then we have one have one person has to handle marketing, and someone has to handle documentation library. So that's the small team. So you okay. count the five people we have. So so wow so we've hit we're hit we hit a milestone this year where we're now fifty percent of the employees at OSI Software abroad, uh, so that that's sort of an indicator about how much we're growing abroad. Yes, and um, and it sounds like your team is going to continue to work more and more closely with development to make sure that if I can use this crude analogy, the house that is our OSI suite mm -hmm. of products is built better yeah. for an international crowd as opposed to just a North American crowd. Right. So is there a way for, let's say that some sort of localization 
gets, you know, slips through the cracks and maybe it just doesn't make sense culturally once it gets to its final version, is there a way for customers to give feedback to you? Uh, there are a few ways. Uh, of course, tech support calls. Okay. Is the is the is one of so the, the main channels. way it gets to you? Yeah. So does tech yeah. support have yeah, a protocol? Yeah, tech, yeah, yeah. Tech, tech support. We we have feedback from there. They either say, "Well, this translation doesn't really make sense in our language," mm-hmm. right? And we even have a tech support that got a call that can you support one more language? They go, mm-hmm. "Our language, that particular customer language, mm-hmm. they want to have." So that's one channel okay. from tech support. And we also have a very uh, close working relationship with all OSSOF regional offices. Regional offices? Oh, yeah, you right. because you use uh, them almost as resources right. to help localize. Yeah, so we work with them for the, uh, we call in-country reviews. Okay. Before we ship product, we like them to review our documentation and even do some ad hoc testing of our software, make sure they caught the problem before, we, right. before customers see it. For release. Right. So this, uh, for our team, the coordination across board is huge. We're working with the developers. You send 10, 10 products, 10 dev teams. Then we have in-country reviews. There's eight languages, at least eight mm-hmm. teams over there. We also work with our vendors. So it's a lot of coordination for this small team to work with. And the good news is that we established a relationship, then they can give us feedback from their end as well. Yeah. They will say, okay, this one is not uh, translation can be improved in a certain way or give feedback from that channel as well. It really strikes me that you have to be have a number of different competencies as a small team. You have to know how to like coordinate a large network of people because you have all these other offices. You need to know how to develop because you need to work with the developers at the early stages. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You need to know how to translate to all these languages. You need to have like translators and you need to have cultural sensitivity yes. to all the different places. It seems like very talented that's, team. Yeah, a wide, very talented, very talented, yeah. and very broad so team. So this why is very difficult to to help people into our team. Right, now I yeah. have a one rack still open. The, the previous two rack, it took one took seven months to fill. The other mm-hmm. one took eight months to fill. Oh no! So do you try and hire from within? We or? try. We, we try all the way. So Every, the, whatever whoever listens yeah. <laughs> listen to this uh, podcast, the streets, uh, interested, yeah. please approach us. <laughs> yeah. So. Because for big companies, they have uh, they can have uh, resources do, designated to do one thing, but over here, we don't have the luxury. We yeah. have to have people with multiple skills. Even though if some of them when they first join, they don't have that, they have to develop the competency to mm-hmm. do it. Because localization is is a long um, process with multiple um, phases in between, and it requires different uh, skill set. Right. So, everyone in this team have to be able to handle multiple projects, have to be able to handle multiple functions. Wow. And they have to switch gear, depends on where the project developer uh, stage is. Do you guys have localization, internationalization, like barbecues or parties? I saw the fun page. You, I know you guys have fun. I saw the fun page on your, on your internal There's a trivia, trivia. Yeah, yeah we the do. Trivia yeah, we, PowerPoint. Yeah, we, we try to do a bit team building from now, from, from time to time. Uh-huh. And then whenever we have a, a product release, we go out and celebrate because we, we know we work hard. We, we, we oh, need man. to have some fun together too. Yeah. So yeah, what would it take for you? So if someone is listening is like, man, I'd really love to get it in my language, Pi system in my language. What, what, what do, what needs to be demonstrated to OSI Soft for us to really make the commitment to 
localized into that language. I think the channel, uh, the uh, the approach we have now is that they have worked with their sales and probably come from their the sales management channel. Okay. And to really give us a, a perspective, like uh, what's the potential for the market, mm-hmm. and how critical that we support the language in that market. For some market like Japanese, it's like uh, without Japanese, you don't even have the dream to to sell. Yeah. It's very language sensitive in that region. For some other countries, it may not be as strict as they have. And then for some countries, they have um, a lot of government uh, project deals, and mostly go- government have more strict. Uh, yeah. Requests like you are, you, if you're going to bid the project is a checklist. Do you support? It and needs to be. It, it needs to be. Needs so, to be offered in French. Right. Right. Okay. So so that the, like, it, it depends on. I think there's not a simple answer, mm-hmm. but there's a, a, a the, the market sensitivity, the the uh, the business opportunity, and a lot of things mm-hmm. have come in to. Because localization still, we we make a big commitment, as you say. If we decided to support language, we would continue to support it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. This is this has been really great. Um, we're gonna wrap it up now, and we have one final question that we ask everybody that we interview, mm-hmm. and that is, give us so. so okay. Let me. It's been a while. Let me try and paint the picture, or the scenario rather. Uh, you are at some sort of social function and one of your friends comes up to you and it's like, Bing, uh, so I've never heard of OSIsoft mm-hmm. uh, or the Pi system. What do they do? What is your 30-second answer? For that question. So I would say we are really um, take care of the real-time data. Mm-hmm. And I would say we take data from a lot of devices across a lot of industry. And put it into our own database. I would say it's not Oracle, it's not DB2, and it's our Pi system database. And we do analysis of those database and get out of useful information from there. And then we, the last, the, the top layer we have is visualization. Then we will display those data to either process engineers operation uh, engineers or management, business uh, management, they had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So that's my that was good. 30 cents. <laughs> that was one of the rare ones that was probably around 30 seconds as well. That, that was actually not long. Oh, okay. Wow. But, yeah, time flies. It's yeah. shortish. <laughs> I don't think we've had somebody who's actually hit 30 seconds yet. No. no, no <laughs> because I, I don't know as many as others. Probably that's the case. That's good. you got to simplify it. Uh, you got to, yeah. I don't know what I was saying there. Well, thank you so much, Bing, for coming in and uh, talking with us. You've definitely uh, educated me, and I'm sure Stuart's learned a few new things. Yeah, um, I have. This is the, yeah, there's a lot in there that I didn't really realize you. before. Yeah. It's much more than just user manuals and, and copy. No. It was like, there's yes. how you make the actual software. That's right. So, yeah. So I think the message for our customers is that uh, localized Pi is 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 coming. It's making its way out. I think the it's process here. book with its MUI okay. pack, mm-hmm. well, that, that isn't released yet, right? Oh, it the is, language, yeah. The, the language pack is that? Yeah. I should really know that, too. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about why. But, okay. So it's here, and uh, and more is coming, and it's only going to get better. That's thank right. you very much, Bing. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Bing. All right, and come in next time for the next Pi Geeks podcast where we'll be going into part two of our international series. 
and then part three. So those will be what? Um, I think part two is going to be mostly focused about the logistics of going in and opening a new office in a new country and setting up a legal structure around that. But it um, should be a good series. Looking forward to it.